You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good morning. It's good to be with you guys again today. Um, I know that we're still getting used to this, uh, even though it's been six, seven, eight weeks of online services it's still new, uh, still not what we're used to, but I'm I'm glad that you guys decided to join us again here at Impact Church on Facebook, and we're going to start a brand new series this morning, uh, and what this series is going to do for us, I believe, is it's going to help us realize what God has placed in our life, what God has placed in our heart, and then hopefully... Through these next four weeks and the messages and just the Holy Spirit working in your heart and in your life, we're going to begin to actually go out and make a difference in this world. We just finished up a series a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago called We Over Me. And in that series, we looked at how God took misfits, turned them into missionaries. He created community. He shaped and he molded these individuals and then he sent them out to change the world. So now that We've, we've discussed that, and we've talked about that, and we looked at that. Today, as we start this new series, we're going to see what it actually looks like to go out and change the world. So that's where we are. Uh, that's that's kind of the, the setup for this, and we're going to be in the book of Nehemiah. And the reason I want to look at Nehemiah, who uh, is an Old Testament character in the Bible, is because he was just an ordinary guy. And... Although God can use people that are really, really, really smart and intelligent and they're the best of the best and they're the best leaders and they always make the A's in class and all this good stuff, God can use those kind of people. It's just that he tends to specialize in using just regular, ordinary folks. So that's that's Nehemiah. That's who he was. He was just a regular guy. And God did something in him and then through him to really change the world. So I want us to see that today. Uh, The series that we're starting is The Time Is Now. The Time Is Now. And we're going to read just the few verses here in Nehemiah. And then we're going to look at three necessities for us to really begin to change the world right here, right now. Uh, So let's let's dig in. Nehemiah chapter 1. Starting in verse 1. It says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah. Now it happened in the month of Chislev, in the twentieth year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. Let's pray. God, just pray blessings over the reading and the hearing of your word. And I pray that you speak this morning, that the words that I say are directly from you, that you're honored, you're glorified, and we lift you up. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me break this down really quick. I want to give you some background, some context to this. We see that this was written... In the month of Chislev, which we don't have that on our calendar. 
So just to kind of give you some context, that was around November, December-ish time. And it was written in the province of Susa, which is modern-day Iran. So here we have Nehemiah writing in November, December-ish in modern-day Iran. And what he does is he asks one of his brothers, hey, how are people doing back home? Now, what you have to understand about back home is that about 140 years before this, the Babylonians came in and, and took over this place. What they did is they came in and they, they burned the gates down. They tore down the walls. They destroyed and demolished this place. They took these people into captivity and they drove them out of their land. And then later on, the, the Persians came in and they took over and they allowed people back home. So the few, the remnant that went back, tried to rebuild the city and they just couldn't do it. They didn't have the leadership. They didn't have the resources. They didn't have the capabilities. They didn't have the drive. They didn't have the passion. So they rebuilt the temple the best they could, but the walls and the gates remained down, so they were still vulnerable to outside attacks, which would surely come. And it was just a huge mess. And that's the answer that he's given here in verse 3. It says, And they said to me, The remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. So Nehemiah is told this. He's told that, hey, they're not doing very well. He received some pretty bad news about his hometown. And what I want you to see this morning is how Nehemiah responded to this news. Now, three things, really quickly. Three necessities for us. Number one is this. You must realize that you have a burden. You must realize that you have a burden. In verse 4, we see, it says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept. So Nehemiah, here's the news that his hometown is, is still not doing well. That yes, they built up the temple the best they could, but everything else is still demolished. The walls are still down. The, the gates are still burned, and they're still vulnerable. It's shameful. They're embarrassed. And what happens is it, it begins to break Nehemiah's heart. He has a burden for these people. So my question for you this morning is, what is your burden? What breaks your heart? And it's, it's interesting to me that Nehemiah lived about a thousand miles away from this. So Nehemiah is an ordinary person. He's a cupbearer for the king. And to put that in kind of modern day uh, terms, he was like a servant or a butler, uh, so to speak. And one of his main responsibilities as a cupbearer was to drink the wine before the king would drink the wine. Now, why is that important? You may be sitting there thinking, that's a pretty good job to be able to just drink the wine uh, before somebody else does, and that's pretty cool. But here's the deal. It was only cool if somebody wasn't trying to poison the king and kill him. So Nehemiah had the job of testing the wine, so to speak, 
before the king would drink it. In case someone was trying to overthrow the king or to kill the king, Nehemiah would die instead of the king. So maybe that job sounds good to you, maybe not. I know if that was my job, I would ask for some good health insurance and good benefits for sure because it seems like a very dangerous job to me. He was an ordinary guy. But also, he lived in pretty good comfort. He lived in the same place the king lived. He ate the same food that the king got to eat. He drank the same type of drinks that the king got to drink. So he lived in a pretty comfortable place. He was comfortable in life. So here's the deal this morning. In America, we're pretty comfortable. Yeah, we struggle with things. And there's some there's some circumstances and some situations and even seasons in life where we, we struggle more and we're not always happy. But for the most part, if we're honest, we're pretty comfortable. We live in comfort more times than not. So when you see something on the news or you're scrolling through your phone or through Facebook or through uh, Instagram or whatever uh, your platform is that you like to look through and you see something sad or something that happens, what do you do? What's your reaction? I'll tell you what it's very easy to do. And I'm, I'm being honest with you this morning. This is what I do sometimes is that I see it. And I say, man, that's pretty bad. That's sad. Maybe I even pray about it, but then I move on with my life and my comfort and I do nothing about it. I don't really let it in. So my question again this morning is, what is your burden? What breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? Everybody has something that's been placed in their hearts that burdens them to the point of heartbreak. And and I'm afraid that we don't allow that to sink in a lot of times. And maybe some of you are burdened by homelessness. And you're just, you're burdened by people that don't even have the necessities of life. And it bothers you and you want to do something about it. Or maybe it's the unborn. And, and you just think, man, the unborn, they really need someone to speak for them because they can't speak for themselves. And that burdens you. Or maybe it's kids with with special needs that you know just need love and care. And it burdens you and you you just want to be there to love and to care for those kids. Or maybe it's social injustice that you see around you and and you really want to step out and speak up and you, you want it to be different and you want equality. And it burdens your soul. And there's all kinds of things it could be this morning. Only you know what burdens your heart. For me, it was growing up in church and seeing how church people and church leaders drove people away from Jesus by the way that they treated them, by the way that they judged them, by the way that they carried themselves as Christians and church people. And that burdened me. 
And I just remember God just plainly telling me, not audibly, but in my spirit, if you ever, if you ever have a church one day of your own, people would not be treated like this. Your job as a as a Christian, your job as a Christ follower, your job as a pastor is to draw people, to bring people closer to the heart of Jesus, not to push people away. And that's just been a burden of mine that people realize that we we have a a God that loves them right where they are. So this morning. I'm asking you, what is your burden? And have you let it break your heart? Have you embraced it? What are you doing about it? We see here, it says, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept. Nehemiah allowed this burden into his life, into his heart. He reflected on it. To a point where it literally broke his heart and he sat down and wept. We have to realize that we have a burden and then we have to sit down and just cry and allow it to break our heart. Have we done that? Are we there? Are we too satisfied in our comfort to allow it to even sink in? Maybe some of you are sitting there right now thinking, man, I have this burden. I know what you're talking about. The Holy Spirit's already been speaking to my heart, but I, I really haven't allowed it to seek all the way in. I haven't, allow, I haven't allowed it to break my heart quite yet because I know that if that happens, it's going to create something else in my life, and I'm not sure I'm ready for that. I'm pretty comfortable where I am. It's time to get out of our comfort zone and begin to do what God has called us to do. Number one is we realize we have a burden. Number two is this. We rely on God through prayer. We rely on God through prayer. Verse four goes on to say, for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Listen to me this morning. If it's big enough to cry about, is big enough to pray about. How insulting is it to God that we use prayer as our last resort? How many times have you heard, or maybe how many times have you even said, I've tried everything I can, I can do. All that's left to do is just to pray about it. And how insulting is it to God that prayer is our last resort? The God who is all-powerful, the God who is all-knowing, a God who is supreme and sovereign. Instead of directly taking our burden and our heartbreak to God, we, in our own minds, think that we have the answer, that we can control the situation, that we know the, the next step to take, that we know what's best, that we're the wisest. And we serve a God who says, Bring your burdens to me. Rely on me through prayer. Allow my power to work through your weakness. 
And we choose to continue to try to do it on our own. And our sincere burdens should lead us to serious prayer. If we're truly, genuinely burdened and heartbroken, it should lead us to sincere, serious prayer. And maybe we're facing something that just seems impossible. Maybe the burden on your heart is something that you just don't feel like you can you can handle. Maybe you feel like it's impossible. And I just want you to know this morning that God plus one equals a majority. And God on his own equals a majority. But think about this. You're the one. You have the burden. Add God to the picture and nothing is impossible. The burden that he's placed in your heart, the passion that he's given you, He's already made a way. He's already prepared you to do the work. Rely on Him through prayer. And I'm not telling you this morning that you have to do everything. So hear my heart this morning. It's not that, hey, we need to go out and do everything. We need to fix all the injustices in the world. That's not what I'm telling you. We can't do everything, but we can do something. God has placed something specific in your heart. He's given you a specific passion to do something specifically for Him and for His kingdom to make a difference, to change the world, not by doing everything, but by doing something. The thing that He's called you to do. It's not enough to know that God can take misfits and turn them into missionaries and He molds them and He shapes them and He sends them out. It's actually going out and doing it. But first we have to realize that we have a burden, that we have a passion, and we have to understand that it's okay to let that break our hearts, to sit down and cry about that, then to rely on Him through prayer. But then, Nehemiah didn't just continue to hold prayer meetings. And don't get me wrong, continuing to pray is is pivotal. It's a vital part of the process. Nehemiah continues through the whole book of Nehemiah praying. But he doesn't just stop with prayer. And I'm afraid that a lot of times, maybe we get to this step, we get to the step of prayer, and we just continue to pray about it. And we continue to pray about it. And we get other people to pray about it. And we just keep having prayer meeting after prayer meeting after prayer meeting. And we never do anything other than pray. And again, I'm not saying that praying is bad. I'm telling you to pray. That's part of the process to continue to pray. But number three is this. We must also respond in action. The time is now to do something about it. The time is now to step out and act. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 5, says, And the king said to me, Why is your face sad? seeing you are not sick. This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. And I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. So he's still praying. He throws up a little popcorn prayer. 
in the middle of this conversation. And verse 5 says, And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. So here we have Nehemiah, who allows the burden to break his heart. He sits down and he cries about it. He lets it sink in. And then he he spends time just praying and fasting and seeking after God. He's relying on God through prayer. And then we see here that it doesn't stop there. He says, hey, if it pleases the king, then send me to go and rebuild this city. I don't want to just sit back and whine about it and complain about it and say how bad it is and just move on with my life. And I'm guilty of doing that. I'm guilty of just complaining about something or whining about something and saying, hey, I really wish somebody would take care of this when God, in fact, has called me to go take care of it. And Nehemiah says, hey, that's not happening with me. I'm not going to send other people to go do this. God's calling me to do it. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not whining about it. I'm doing something about it. The time is now for me to act on this. The God of heaven has given us a burden. What are we doing about it? Are we just sitting back and waiting on someone else to do what God has called us to do? I've been talking to a lot of people lately and one of the themes that just keeps coming up is people are tired of just talking the talk. They're ready to walk the walk. Where are you this morning? Are you just talking the talk? Are you actually walking the walk? Are you living it out? Are you doing what God's called you to do? He's placed a burden in your heart. Have you allowed it to sink in? Man, Nehemiah says, hey, this is, this is misery for me. And I'm going to allow God to turn my misery into ministry. And he says, as long as there's breath in me, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Nehemiah says, hey, not on my watch. This isn't going to continue while I'm here. He declares it. So this morning, I'm asking you, are you willing to declare not on my watch? As long as there's a breath in me, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I know that he's placed this burden in my heart. I'm bathing this in prayer. And I know that some of you may be worried and saying, hey, I'm just, I'm just an ordinary person. I'm nothing special. And that's okay. I'm just an ordinary person. I'm nothing special. But God uses people like you. He uses people like me to change the world. Hear me this morning. You don't have to be anointed by man when you're called by God. 
You don't have to be anointed by man when you're called by God. And I'm here to tell you that God has placed something specific in your life for you to do. And some of you, you know exactly what it is right now. The Holy Spirit's already been working in your heart and speaking to your heart. Others of you, maybe you're not quite sure what that burden is. But my prayer is that we begin to allow that burden to break our heart. And that if it's, if it's something that's big enough to, to cry about, it's something big enough to pray about. We begin to bathe it in prayer and rely on God. And then we respond in action. The time is now for us to step out and act. And this morning, and I want you to, I want you to know my heart. My heart this morning is that we truly begin to allow God to not only mold us and shape us, but we allow Him to use us in the way that He wants to use us. We talk about it all the time here at Impact, about loving God with everything that we are and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And, that, and that's great, and I, I'm glad that we talk about it. I'm glad that we say it a lot. But I don't want to just talk the talk. I really want us to walk the walk. I want us to do what God's called us to do. And we have a burden inside of us, something that breaks our heart. And I'm praying this morning that we allow it to break our heart to the point that we say, God, I'm, I'm relying on you. I can't do this on my own. I know you want me to act. I'm relying on you for the power. I want you to know something this morning. I want to be 100% honest with you. When you start doing what God's called you to do, and you start doing His work, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be glamorous. You're going to face opposition. You're going to face discouragement. You're going to face uh, distractions. You're going to face some fears. You're going to face some failures. There's going to be things in your life that just don't make sense. And sometimes you're going to feel like there's nobody else around and you're all alone. It's just you and God. But when you see people's lives changed because of your obedience and because of God working through your faithfulness, it's all worth it. So this morning, as we close, and my challenge for you is that you, you realize that you have a burden and you allow it to begin to break your heart. That you rely on God through prayer. And then at the right time, you respond in action. Knowing that God has your back 
that God's given you the ability to walk in your calling. You don't have to please people around you because you're called by God. Let's make a difference. Not for our sake, but for the sake of the kingdom. So that people know the same loving Jesus that we know. And that people's lives are completely and forever changed. That's my prayer for us. That's my prayer for you. I really want us to believe that the time is now for us to act. For us to truly Allow God to use us to change the world. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. God, I pray that we realize our burden. We allow it to break our heart. That we truly rely on you through prayer. And that we respond in action. That we begin to take steps to make a difference for your kingdom. For your sake. For your glory. Always in your name, lifting you high. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.